Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. We very much so hope that you're enjoying these podcasts, and we invite for you to join us online at fumc-rr.org for all of our church information. We also hope you join us on social media at fumcrr on all social media platforms. If you'd like to give to this podcast and other ministries, please text 44321 and follow the instructions. Again, we hope you have a very blessed week. And better yet, we hope to see you soon at the First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. Uh, Being blessed in this sense is Jesus' way of saying, congratulations to those of you that are poor in spirit, those who mourn the meek. Uh, It is a current reality. It's not uh, if you do this one day, then you'll be blessed. It's you're blessed in your doing and, and receiving these things as a gift. And so to be meek is to inherit the earth or to inherit that which I was created to be fully. God, thank you again for the gift of the day, the gift of each other, and help us hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us, and may it make a difference in how we receive your grace and how we treat others, for we believe that matters to you. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. If you were here uh, last week, we started this uh, series for the month of August on the Beatitudes. Uh, The Beatitudes are the first part of what's known as the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus had uh, taken a few of his disciples uh, up to the mountain and began to teach them. And the Beatitudes are blessings. Each time, if you noticed as the scripture was read, it'd be blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. So uh, we talked about what does it mean to be blessed. Uh, Being blessed in this sense is Jesus' way of saying Congratulations to those of you that are poor in spirit, those who mourn the meek. Uh, It is a current reality. It's not uh, if you do this one day, then you'll be blessed. It's you're blessed in your doing and and receiving these things as a gift. And last week, if you remember, we talked about the image of a stained glass window and how the Beatitudes begin and build on each other. And so the bottom part of our stained glass window was the poor in spirit and those who mourn. So what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, being poor in spirit means that we recognize we're not God, and that's a very good thing, that we are in desperate need of God's grace, and that in our sin, we cannot do anything about that on our own, and that God has done something about that through Christ. That is what essentially it means to be poor in spirit. And then those who mourn, Uh, what he meant by that was really a couple of things. We mourn the fact that we're not some days who we're supposed to be, and we recognize that we're poor in spirit, but it is a good place to be when we mourn and repent of that which needs repenting in our lives. It's also on a bigger scale where we mourn the things of this world that are just not right. We, We see the injustices in the world, the real things that need attention, And Jesus says you should notice those things and you should mourn those things. And more importantly, you should do something about those things in how you live your life. And so that's the base of the stained glass window. And and now we come to today, blessed are the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
So how many of you are going to go to work tomorrow, walk in the office and say, I'm Meek. Good morning. Let's have a great week, Meek, meek Ones. It's a great week to be Meek. Not many. Meek, if you think of our culture, we think of it as weak, a doormat that people just steamroll over. That's, that's not what Jesus meant by this word. In a second, we'll talk about the Greek word and what it, what it really meant. It meant multiple things, actually, but it is not weak. It is not a pushover. It is meekness in the best sense of the word. And so there's three different ways you could look at this in, in the Greek language. One way to translate it would, would be uh, in regards to anger. So those who are meek live in the happy medium between being angry about the wrong things at the wrong time with the wrong people and not being angry at all. It's just this happy medium. I was talking to somebody after the first service, and they said, you know, anger is an emotion. It doesn't need to be a lifestyle. Think about that a second. It's so easy to get angry about just everything and go through each day, what am I going to be angry about today? that in the grand scheme doesn't really matter. So that's, that's one way to look at meekness. Uh, Jesus himself, did he ever get angry? <laughs> you know, you're right. Whoever said no, you're right. He never got angry about the wrong things and the things maybe that we sometimes get angry about. But he did get angry about the things that really mattered when it came to people. Remember when he drew, drove the people out of the temple, the money changers? And he wasn't driving them out of the temple because they were taking up offerings. He was driving them out of the temple because they were mistreating and taking advantage of the poor. That's what he was angry about. And, and then the time he was in the synagogue, do you remember? It was on the Sabbath, and there was a man with a withered hand, and he needed healing. You're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. And there were the Pharisees who valued the law more than compassion in people, and he became angry at their hardness of heart, and he healed the man and sent him away. So, so it's okay to be angry. Part of being a meek person is having so much compassion for other people that we do become angry about the right things, but not let that consume us and not let it become a lifestyle. Another way the word meek is translated in the Greek is uh, to be obedient to God's purposes. How many of you have ever taken a dog or other pet to obedience school? Anyone? I'm amazed at how those people can train these animals. And that was one way that this word was looked at. It's, it's as if being under the reign of God and God moving us along. And then the third way to look at meek is humility. So a meek person is humble. Now, being humble doesn't mean this false sense of humility. You could be the greatest golfer in the world and be there at the Masters and you receive the green jacket and you say, well, I'm just really not that good. And you just won the Masters. And everybody's like, come on. That, that's not the kind of humility we're talking about. The kind of humility we're talking about here is one who is comfortable in his or, own, his or her own skin is able to be truly themselves because they believe that they are a child of God. I think 
No better example than what we had here earlier in the service with the baptisms. Uh, in United Methodist Church, we believe that baptism is God's claim on our lives. God is saying to us through this holy sacrament that God loved us before we even knew of God. And God has claimed us in God's grace in Christ. And whether you're sprinkled or immersed, and by the way, thank you, Pat, for getting the the trough here. Last time we did this, it was an inflatable pool, and it sprung a leak. So we, we made a wise adjustment this time. And, but, but that is God's claim. So the humble person is forgiving, patient, gentle with others, content. So if I'm truly meek, I am content with who I am, with what I have, and there's a presence about me with other people that is not off-putting. If you're a meek person and I'm in your presence, I don't feel like I'm this tall. I don't feel like I'm being talked down to. I don't feel like I'm being judged. I just feel comfortable in your presence because you are a meek person. And he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. So what does that mean? Well, to inherit something is to receive something. We, we don't do anything to, to receive an inheritance. If you receive an inheritance from your family, it's just because of who you are and you're the child of so-and-so. Here's your inheritance. Just receive it. And so to be meek is to inherit the earth or to inherit that which I was created to be fully. And that's a wonderful place to be, by the way. If you're truly meek and you can go through life without having to change every person you come into contact with, that is a very easy way to live. It really is. To know that I am not God, I am not the supreme judge, I am not the one that can fix everything, but I can be gentle, I can be kind, I can be caring. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And in the Greek there, the hunger and thirst is not just a partial filling, it's the full deal. Anybody ever thirsty these days? You ever get thirsty? Like walking from the front door to the car? Isn't it, it's just insane, isn't it? You know, I just had a, a glass of water, and let, let me get an extra one for the trip from the door to the car, and then I'll have one in the car, and that... And so... When you're thirsty, you know that there's something inside of you that needs to be filled. And so if we hunger and thirst for what God cares about, then we're in a good place. And he says, you will be filled. And I think the Holy Spirit helps us in the filling of that. So blessed are the meat. Jesus loved to tell stories. In a second, we're going to look at a story about what he thought it meant to be a neighbor to someone. Um, I was walking our dog in the neighborhood the other day. And by the way, she's not been to obedience school, trust me. Just watch me try to put the leash on her. She goes absolutely nuts. And our neighborhood was one of those that a few weeks ago they said, you cannot use an irrigation system until September. So they just shut it down completely like two or three weeks ago. Hand watering only, not even a, a sprinkler attached to a water hose, none of that. So you can imagine what the yards look like in my neighborhood, maybe a lot like your yards, just charred. Well, I'm walking Lexi in the neighborhood, 
And on the corner, there is this house. Now, I'm colorblind, and if I can see this, this is for real. There's a house on the corner with the most green, lush yard. I mean, it's beautiful, just as green as it can be. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no way. No way that they're out there hand-watering, it looks like. There's not a brown spot to be seen. And in the yard, you can't make this up. You cannot make this up. In the yard is a sign that says, be a good neighbor, clean up after your dog. So me, not being meek or gentle at all at this point, it's hot. I'm like, come on, the rest of us have allowed our yards to... I thought to myself, what if I walked Lexi and... What if we just took a little detour? And what if she had to go to the bathroom? And what if I forgot the bags that day? What if? It's not being a good neighbor, is it? What does it, what does it mean to be a good neighbor in general? I'm not talking about neighborhoods now, just as a person. Well, somebody in Luke's gospel, decided to test Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is a flawed question. You don't do anything to inherit eternal life. You receive it by grace and faith. But he asked the question, anyway, what do I have to do? Because I got to do something, right? And uh, Jesus said, well, what does the law say? He said, well, love, to God, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said, you've given the right answer and go on your way. You'll live. And, and the guy tried to qualify. You ever push the envelope? So who's my neighbor? In other words, where do I get to draw the line on who I love? And boy, he was asking for it there because then what did Jesus do? Well, I got a story for you. There was a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was beaten and robbed and left for dead on on the side of the road. And some people passed by. And by the way, that, that road, it's less than 20 miles, just under 20 miles. Uh, Jerusalem is 2,300 feet above sea level. Jericho is 1,300 feet below sea level. So imagine a 3,600-foot drop in less than 20 miles, and it's just this windy, windy path. It was perfect for people that would want to rob other people. And you would be a fool to travel that road alone. So the priest goes by. And certainly the priest, I mean, he's a priest in the religious world of the day. He would stop, right? Well, he doesn't because if they came into contact, the law said if you came into contact with a dead person, you were ceremonially unclean and he'd lose his position there at the temple. So he just kept going. Uh, The Levite, he kept going because safety first. You just never know what somebody will do. Just forget it. And then the Samaritan, he he comes by. And remember, Jews, Samaritans didn't get along. And the Jewish people are hearing this story, by the way, as he's telling it. And the Samaritan is the only one that stopped to help. And not only did he stop and help, but in his meekness, in his meekness and putting another person above himself in the right way, he bandaged him up and put him on his animal, took him to an inn, and basically said to the inn, Innkeeper, just take care of him and put it on my tab, whatever it is. So Jesus finishes the parable and he asked the the lawyer, he said, 
So which one of these was a neighbor? He said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, well, why don't you go and do likewise? Be meek. So to be meek is to be gentle, patient, forgiving. Uh, It's also to be content. Our culture is so good at advertising to us to not be content with whatever we have. Am I right? That is the key to advertising. You make someone feel or perceive a need that may not even be there, and then you escalate it by saying, you can't be your fullest until you are this or get that. The meek person is content with not only who they are, but what God has given them in their life. Meek people want the best for others. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. Might be having a hard day, going through some difficult things, and someone's having a great day, and they come bebopping around to your space, and you're like, would you stop being so happy? Kind of depressing me. When really we should say, thank God there's joy. And there's great joy, by the way, in being humble. There really is. When we're just content, when you wake up and you know that your primary job for the day is not to fix so-and-so, a lot of space there. And, and you never know the difference you'll make in a person's life. It could just be, be one situation, one, one sentence even. Story about a second grade girl that had a cleft palate and the other kids at school made fun of her. And she would tell them that she fell one day and fell on some glass, and that's why her face looked the way it did. uh, She had a teacher that she loved. Her name was Miss Leonard, and they used to do the hearing test. Y'all remember doing the hearing test when you were elementary school? Remember? The teacher would whisper something, and so each kid went up to the door and put their ear against the door, and she was on the other side, and the teacher would say, like, the sky is blue, and... Well, the little girl with the cleft palate, she gets up to the door, puts her ear against the door, and guess what that teacher said to her? She said, I wish you were my little girl. She didn't have to do that, did she? Shared something about himself, and this is to you and me too, I believe. Said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what about you? What are you going to be? You you have a choice. I have a choice each day. We can wake up and be harsh critical, even angry. Or we can wake up and say, you know what? The world needs more gentle people, not people who look the other way at the real injustices in the world, but people who can forgive, be patient, content, 
And the best part of all is Christ helps us do it. You cannot be meek on your own. I cannot be meek on my own, believe me. It requires the presence of Christ living in us and through us. I I love the baptism. I don't know if you heard it, but as Pat was doing our first baptism here, got in the water and uh, she was holding on to the left side here. And that would have been awkward to try to hold on there and we'd had a shoulder injury, right? And did you hear what Pat said to her? He said, let go. We got you. And, and she did. And so you can almost see Jesus himself as we ourselves get in the water and you can almost hear him say your name and saying, let go of whatever it is that keeps you from trusting me and I will catch you and I will bring you back up a new person. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray. God, help us to see that what the world might view as weakness is really strength in your eyes. And that we can, when we love ourselves in a healthy way as you have loved us, then we're capable of loving others, of being sacrificial being merciful, forgiving, patient, content. And so now we give to you that which holds us back from trusting you and your grace so that we too can inherit the earth in our lives today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.